0: What is up? Welcome to the After Hours Entrepreneur. If you are trying to reach more people with your message, build your own business, and take your side hustle full-time, you are in the right place. Today's episode is, I think, gonna be really eye-opening for a lot of people. It certainly was for me. We're joined by Devin Miller. He's the founder of Miller IP Law. I know, super fun, super exciting. And he's a patent and trademark expert. That is his specialty, that's what he does. And, you know, listen, this is not legal advice. You should always go consult an attorney and et cetera, et cetera. But I think there's a lot of basics that we as content creators and after hours entrepreneurs need to understand. And so I wanted Devin to come on the show. He's had had experience in building several seven and eight figure startups, big on automation, big on customer relationship managers. And he just brings a lot of of a lot of really, really important wisdom and information and experience to the stage. So very excited to bring Devin onto the show. You can find out everything he's doing at freestrategymeeting.com. That's freestrategymeeting.com or Miller IP Law. But in this episode, you're going to learn some simple tips to avoid copyright infringement. Again, a consultant attorney, but this is going to give you a little bit of a broad scope or spectrum. We're going to talk about how to evolve your brand with new technology, and why you need to keep trying new things. If you know anything about me, I'm always about trying new things. So that is gonna be a big theme of this episode as well. I'm also very glad that you are here and listening. Thank you so much for being here. But listen, it's hard for me to get feedback from people in the podcast itself. So please shoot me a DM, find me on the web, or please join me in the Facebook group. Totally free mastermind type of access to myself and some of the awesome after hours entrepreneurs. So smash the link down below to join the Facebook group. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get into this masterclass on patent and trademark law with Devin Miller.
1: Let's get it. Devin Miller, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share a bit about uh, patents, trademarks, and a whole bunch of startup stuff. Love it. Love it. And we were actually just chatting a little bit pre-interview, and we're talking about how
0: this is kind of a trend I've been seeing in the market, attorneys, financial advisors. I've worked in the insurance industry. We're starting to realize that we need to evolve our messaging, go digital. So actually, let me start here. I'm going to start at the at the back end here. What made mm-hmm. you decide to start a podcast and to start reaching out to other podcasters? What was your inspiration, Devin?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give the general inspiration. And I'll give the specific. I mean, generally, I look at legal industry, even their insurance you mentioned and financial, but. I would put it of all the industries, legal industry is probably the one that's the most behind the times in the sense that you get a whole bunch of attorneys that are 65, 55, 60, 65. They've been doing it one way their whole career. They they think they know it works and they don't wanna change. And so one of the mantras in in general is with the law firm is I say, hey, are we doing things just because this is how it's always been done? are we doing things because it makes sense and if it's just because it's how it's been always done that's a dumb reason to do something and so we look at and say what makes sense what are the ways that we can do it so within that you know podcasting you know there's certainly self-promotion getting your name out there reaching a bigger audience but that was really more secondary when i started the podcast when we did the inventive journey it was really so i've done my own startups small businesses as you mentioned as well as a lot of work with a ton of startups and small businesses at the law firm And while everybody's journey is unique, it's really everybody has some of the same issues in the sense that most of the time to to do a startup small business, it's a lonely journey. Most people, unless you're talking with somebody else that's done it, they don't know what it's like to have to do HR, taxes, um, hiring and firing, product development, social media, marketing, you know, doing all of the employees and all of these things you have to juggle and then one week, you feel like you're a success. we finally done something right. We see some sales. And the next week, it feels like everything's falling apart. So it's kind of that journey that everybody takes. And I kept seeing that over and over. And I was saying, you know, everybody's having these and they they feel lonely. So why don't we start one, that you know, start a podcast. It's a general day-to-day people, you know, that are doing startups and small businesses. It's not the highlight reel. It's the actually what's going on. They're in the trenches and sharing it. And so that was kind of really the motivation of, starting that so the community is, startups and small businesses are going, they can have hear other people's experiences and stories.
0: Yeah. Well, it's all about providing value to your end user, building your network, building attention, building authority. But one of the things that I think is really, really important, Devin, that you just hit on, and I think this is something that every single entrepreneur, business owner, after hours entrepreneur should understand is that you cannot continue doing things the same way that it's always been done. The world is just changing dramatically quickly i mean if that's one thing we've found from mm. the coronavirus outbreak it's that if if you were like if you were all in on hospitality on restaurant business like you you got to be prepared now to evolve because mm. the, the world is moving quickly i'm kind of curious as well have you had any opportunities present themselves through the medium of podcasting that you might not have had otherwise
1: Yeah. So, I mean, certainly we've had people that have either been guests on our podcast or that I've been guests on their podcast and kind of that whole community that have ended up turning out to be clients. Right. In the sense that they find out, hey, I talked with Devin about patents and trademarks. Well, I never really trademarked that. I should probably trademark that. That makes sense. But even in that. So that's one, you know, it's kind of a direct benefit. Indirect benefit is it's been it's been beneficial that I've been able to connect clients together or potential clients or other people in the sense of oh yeah I you know so you're in real estate I've done a podcast and I had another guest on that was in real estate you guys should connect and you know leverage each other and so it's been a lot of my ability to connect people and kind of be, you know, make those broader uh, community has been very helpful. So certainly, you know, had some beneficial on ours as far as reaching new people, having them come on and help them as clients, as well as generally just helping other people that are already clients or that aren't clients, but can still benefit from it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board with you there. I The doors that podcasting has opened up for me have been immense. I've connected mm. with your great uh, producers like Pat Flynn, uh, Marissa Romero, mm. David Meltzer. I've got an episode dropping with him here in a couple of days. It'll be live when this goes live. But it's just mm. it's opened up all these doors. In fact, I just before this meeting, I had another meeting with someone. He's a local financial advisor that we had a combination podcast with. And he's talking to me about developing a new app. We're working on this app together, which is, which is pretty cool. Mm. Which never would have happened without getting out there, getting uncomfortable and trying new things like podcasting. I'm, mm. I'm curious, Devin. Have you started experimenting with YouTube at all?
1: We have started, so that's one that we we're I don't know behind the game, but we haven't put as much emphasis on it. In the sense that, really, when we started out with the podcast, we've captured them all video. So in that mm-hmm. sense, we've always been putting it on YouTube, but we really more focused initially on the audio and it's where, and it's probably as much of my own bias in the sense that most of the podcasts I listen to is when I'm running outside or when I'm working outside or anything else. And so that was just a natural thing of, Hey, it's something I know and, and and listen to and otherwise have seen before. And so we started out there. We have started to go onto YouTube and start we posted them. We're just starting to kind of, tinker with or figure out what may work or how we leverage that so in a sense we've done some but I'm far from an expert and it's something we're just starting to get into really yeah well I mean if we have one theme throughout this entire conversation it's get comfortable
0: with discomfort start trying new things don't do, do things that that have been done for the past 10 20 30 years and, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you I am absolutely loving YouTube i been tinkering with it for a while but I'm just starting mm-hmm. to see some traction I mean I just hit over 175,000 views on my YouTube channel, reaching new people, making new connections. And so here's the, the real value in my, there's there's two real big benefits of putting your podcast on YouTube, in, in my opinion. Um, the, the first of which is better search, right? People are going to YouTube, it's a search engine and they can type in something like IP law or how to protect my patent or how to protect my trademark, right, how not to get sued hmm. for copyright infringement, right? And you can show up. The chance of them typing in the name of your podcast on Spotify almost zero, right? It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Not
1: until I reach a level of infamy where everybody knows right. me. But until then,
0: exactly right. But the search, the search capabilities are different. We'll see podcast mm. evolve. Um, the the other thing is engagement, right? It's mm. almost impossible to get engagement on a podcast. There's nowhere for someone to actually have a conversation with you in iTunes. Mm right? But with YouTube, for example, someone can pop in there and say, Hey, Devin, I'm launching this new widget. How do I trademark it? And you could be like, bam, you can, you can get with them right there. Um, So getting off onto a little bit of a tangent, but I think that's important. And, and, And again, like you had mentioned, you're capturing all the video anyway, it becomes almost a no brainer to post it up there.
1: Yeah, and that's what we thought. We said, hey, we're not as experienced on YouTube. We haven't got there yet, but hey, it's a no-brainer. We can capture it at the same time. We're already doing the audio. Why not? And then as we start to build the audience, we already have it there. It's an asset. We might as well leverage it. So that's kind of always been the in- intention and where we started out.
0: Yeah, my motivation, I think, was... Uh, derived from Gary V in in his inspiration. He says, hey, take one piece of anchor content like we're doing here, a video podcast, mm-hmm. video interview, and then chop that up into tons of different pieces of micro content. So now we get memes, mm-hmm. we get Instagram stories, we get Instagram clips, we get YouTube videos, we get all, all this different stuff. So um, really, really kind of interesting way of evolving the way that you market your business. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're talking here today with Devin Miller from Miller IP Law. You can get your own free strategy meeting at, well, freestrategymeeting dot com. So, really, really good. So let's let's kind of segue back. Let's go back in time. Okay, let's hop mm. in the DeLorean. Doc is here. We're going back in time. Tell me about why the heck did you get? Why does anybody get into IP law? It's not exactly fun and exciting. It's not race car driving.
1: How did you get started there, Devin? So two things. So I'll give you the kind of the backstory and then the, the additional story. So originally, I did electrical engineering as an undergrad. Well, I did a two degree. I got four degrees in total, which is my wife would say is three degrees too many. But I did a undergraduate, I did electrical engineering and Chinese, um, and then for graduate, I did a law degree as well as an MBA degree. Why? I'm I'm curious.
0: Why would you get four degrees? Right that that seems like an excessive amount of education. What was the reasoning for that?
1: It was really more of so I did both of them in parallel, meaning you know, so I did the undergraduate, I did two degrees over about five and a half, five, I'd have to look five or five and a half years. And then when I did the, or graduate school, I did that in in together. So I did them in four years. And so if I'd done them separately, it would have taken about double the time, but I'm saying, Hey, I already like these things. I'm already studying them. Why not do that or leverage that so I can get more degrees at the same time, basically, and have a broader exposure. So that was really the, the basic thought behind it. Um, but undergraduate, so if I as I was going through electrical engineering, I kind of got to the end and said, Well, I, I like electronics, I like working on you know different things, but I don't want to be an electrical engineer in the sense that I didn't want to be stuck on a project for a long period of time, always be on it, be on there for months or years and be a small cog and a very large wheel, right? And so I'm saying I like this but i don't want to do it so what are my other options and so at the time i had an uncle that was also a patent attorney kind of chatted with him and he was works for um 3m and now he works for general mills and so i said kind of what do you do he had an, an a technical undergraduate as well kind of said well that sounds like it's an interesting thing and i always thought lawyers sounded cool you always get to see all the law shows and the tv shows and everything else and, and Re- reality check, it's not as cool as what it looks like on TV. Well, I, I, I just want to point
0: see. out that I think that's a really, really smart thing to do is talk to people that are already in that industry. I know that there have been several professions or jobs that I've gotten into, and once you start talking to people, you realize that it's not exactly what you see on TV, right? You're not going to be Kevin O'Leary an
1: idea of what it is. You don't go in to win the court day and everybody claps and everybody, you know, you save the day. It's most of the time, you don't even get into the court and you don't, you're not in front of a judge and it settles out of court. So, yeah. and contrary to popular television. But as we were to do, and so that was kind of where I started. And so I was, but I had a crossroads in the sense when I was getting ready to go to graduate school and I liked law school and I talked with them. I also loved, just had the bug or probably from young of doing startups and small businesses. I just like the startup kind of mentality and the feel. And so that's where I was kind of saying, do I want to do law and intellectual property? Do I want to do startups? And hence why I did the JD MBA. I just did both. I did a law degree in the MBA and I said, that way I can get exposure to the law. I can do patents and trademarks. And I can also, if I want to do startups, I can do that. You said JDMB. What, JD, JD is a law degree. Sorry, if I say that. That's what a law degree is. It's a juris doctorate. Everybody just calls it a law degree, right? Yeah. MBA is master's of business administration, so it's just an MBA degree. So I did both of those, and so I, I kind of split, the, you know, split the baby, so to speak, and said I'm going to do both. and Then it's really carried throughout the rest of my career. So first startup I really ever did that I'll count as a real startup started while I was in MBA school or while I was doing both degrees. In the sense that I was entering a business competition, one of those where you see the flyer, you show up, you don't have any other teammates and say, Oh, this will be fun. Let's form a team. So did that, showed up, didn't have anybody I knew formed a team with a few other people. We entered in and took second place. It was for make gym bags less stinky. Didn't work that well. But that's awesome. Well,
0: wait, before you go on, I think this is this is really cool. You're already doing a ton of different things with your multiple degrees and you say, Hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to this networking event. I'm gonna meet a bunch of people mm-hmm. that I don't know and I'm gonna do something that I have no experience with doing, right? You had never developed a, a
1: business from scratch like that before, had you? Right. No, absolutely. No, if I were to pile it on, so at that time I was doing the law degree, I was doing the MBA degree, I was working about 20 hours a week as a law clerk. I just we'd had a toddler that was two years old, and we're, I was just having a second baby at the time, and so and then I decided, why don't we go do this as well? So <laughs> apparently, I didn't. I felt like I didn't have enough on my plate. But what, what was what was
0: the motivation? Were you just like, hey, I need to learn something. You want to try something? You want to network? What what was the motivation?
1: You know. Is, you know, I can, i sure I could make up a great story. It's really just, Hey, I like startups. This sounds like a fun get together. I think I might as well go and check it out. If you know, the worst thing that happens, I don't like it and I don't do it. So it's really just about that. I don't didn't give it much more thought than that. It just oh, this sounds like fun. Do you still, so, do you
0: still keep up or talk to the people that you met during that startup event?
1: Um, no, no, yes and no. So no, I don't, but I do keep up with the business. So okay. maybe to continue on with the story just a little bit. So we, did the first year competition, took second, didn't go anywhere. But then we all got together again again the next year. So we kept in touch. Same competition came around and we said, well, we don't really want to do the same thing we did last year. It wasn't that great of an idea. It didn't work out that well. We were brainstorming and we had some really crazy and stupid ideas like a self-packaging box that would have never really worked and a few other things. And so I remember as we were walking home from that, that one of our brainstorming sessions, I, I was into running and I still am, did my first marathon. And the thing I did was I didn't, I didn't stop at the hydration station, didn't stop at the water station. I said, oh, I'll shave off a little bit of time if I only stop every so often. Yep. Terrible idea. Don't <laughs> do it. But I, I, start, I, I said, wouldn't it be cool to help people if you had a hydration monitor, a wearable, and this was before Apple Watch came out, before Fitbit, and this was all before any of that. So it would be really nice if you could monitor your hydration levels with a, a watch. So that was the conception of what we did for the next year's business competition. We got to the end, took second place, and that's a bittersweet, and that's a longer story. But um bought out the i bought out all of. we were all graduating going separate ways going different states and so it didn't make sense to split everybody up and so i bought everybody out and then i did continue that business and it's still going today it's evolved it's a little bit different than what it started out with but it's still going today and so the people that i originally started the business competition with honestly have lost track but the people that i built the company with after i bought them out worst i still work with them on a daily basis
0: well I, I i think this is super super cool you're doing a million different things heck you're training for marathons which is definitely on my bucket list i finished my first half marathon a couple of years ago it's it is immense amount of training that goes into that so props to you so you're doing a million paid <laughs> yeah you got you got kids you got two degrees you've got this uh marathon you're training for now you're developing your side hustle. You're, you're the definition of an after hours entrepreneur right now. <laughs> so I'm just kind of curious, do you think it would have been at all possible for you to actually get this hydration monitor
1: off the ground without help from other people around you? No, some people, yes. Some people no. So yeah. uh, general answer is no. So, you know, there are some that on the team that honestly just didn't pull as much of their weight. They didn't. They weren't as much of a contributor. They were just there. They kind of show up. They wouldn't do much. On the other hand, I remember the biggest help that I got was as after we come up with the idea, we are getting or starting to develop, and I was trying to figure out, can we actually do this? Is this just a crazy idea? Is there any way we can actually make this? And my dad was actually um, an electrical engineer as well, so he actually has that background. He's much longer in experience, and he's done a ton of medical devices. So I said, well, do you think this is possible? He's like, well, it might be possible. There's a few things we could try. So we came over. Over over Christmas break, I remember coming home, we got on the workbench and made up our first prototype, mocked it up. And that was the the biggest help was him coming home over Christmas break, building it up. I went back to school, started testing it, refining it and that. But yeah, he was absolutely instrumental in that. Mm, Love that. And I think
0: that it's absolutely vital. That's one of the reasons I love podcasting so much, because you just get to meet and network and grow it's, it's, that's one of the hardest things mm. to do is find the right people to work with. And if, if you don't get out there, you don't start getting comfortable with discomfort. It will absolutely never happen. So I love the idea of, Hey, we've got this business competition. I'm already doing a million things, but I'm feeling drawn. I'm going to try it out. And mm. now you've got a successful business on the side from that mm. super, super powerful. So I'm going to talk a little bit about copyright and trademark, you know, get, get, got to come as the fun, exciting stuff. Let's get into some of the boring, practical, tangible <laughs> stuff. Because, I mean, the reality is if you're going to be a successful after hours entrepreneur, if you're going to take your side hustle full-time, you need to understand mm. these concepts. It's absolutely crucial. So let's start here. If I'm starting my after hours entrepreneurship, I'm starting my, I'm, I want to get my business off the ground. Mm. What are three pitfalls
1: I really want to avoid when it comes to trademark and copyright law? So I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'll set the stage so that people, because it kind of depends on what type of business you're doing, in the sense that, so really quick, intellectual property is kind of an umbrella term, and it includes patents, trademarks, copyrights. So if you're to think of it, patents are inventions. If you're making a widget, you're making the next iPhone, iWatch, whatever you're making the next widget, that's what a patent goes towards. Trademarks go towards brands. So if you're to think of if you're the next MMs or Starbucks or Nike or whatever it might be, if you have a brand, that's what you're gonna protect. Lastly, copyrights are more in creative. So if you're making a book, you're doing a movie, you're taking photography, your sculptures, pictures, whatever it might be, that's what your copyright. So before we get into pitfalls, really what you need to first figure out is what kind of business are you, right? Are you a product or a service business and you need to protect your innovation? Mm. Then you're going to look at the pitfalls of patents or what you need to do there if you're saying hey we're going to do the same thing you know we're a mom and pop shop or hey we're going to do the same thing others have done but we're going to have the great customer service or we're going to build a brand or reputation then you're really going to go for trademarks and copyrights. say hey i'm going to write the next best books or next next best-selling book or i'm going to do a movie or i'm going to do youtube videos i'm going to be an influence or whatever it is then you're going to look at copyright so that's what i just said it's kind of the level stage yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I actually
0: I have a question uh, because I have a friend who I've I've been working with. He's an attorney as well, and he had mentioned. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're using a specific type of image or brand for a certain period of time, you're almost like grandfathered in to having it protected. Is is that right or wrong, or am I misinterpreting?
1: Yes, both. <laughs> no, uh, so images, so copyrights, they have inherent protection. I mean, once you, once you create them, once you make them, they have some inherent protections. Registering them gets you additional protection, but you have a reasonable amount of protection. Just when you take the photograph, when you make the sculpture, do the painting, you're, you get a reasonable protected. amount of protection. Brands, not so much. Brands are, you have very limited rights with brands. So give me a, a couple examples. Let's, let's say you started... um Mark's Ice Cream Shop. And, you know, you'll have the world's best ice cream and you say, okay, I want to trademark it. Now, you know, or and let's make it an even better name. And I use it from another podcast. It was, a, I think it was Scooby Dooby Dooby Doo, was the ice cream shop. And that was with somebody else. So I'm still, yeah, from somebody else. But let's say you start that. Now, trademarks work basically if you don't register you do have some inherent rights. Meaning, if you were to start it, let's say, in Los Angeles, California today, and you st- you were the first one to start using it, and you started it in the, just that geographic location, you do have some rights to say, hey, if I'm the first one to use it in Los Angeles, I can continue to use it. Problem is, is now let's say somebody else says, this is a great name, I love scooby doo 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 Ice Cream, and I'm going to start going that. Then the problem is, is they go out and register the trademark. They get the rights for everything outside of Los Angeles. So basically you can continue to use it in Los Angeles and you can continue to exist there, but you can't expand your business. You can't grow, you can't franchise, you can't go to other locations outside of where you started. And so you have trademarks, you have some very limited rights when you start using it, but it's very limited. So that's why you don't do that what if
0: you have already an online presence right so for example i've got my instagram for scooby-doo ice cream i've got my youtube channel my you know what if you've are because if we're talking about geographically i'm maybe not all over the place uh but digitally i'm i'm all over the place does that have any precedent
1: it does it's it's hard to define so yes it has some precedent the really is is don't do that it's the word it don't just register a trademark but if you're saying does it have yeah. some presence? it does but now you have to if it were you ever if somebody else were to come along and register you have to show let's say for instance my youtube presence is really only for people and i'm making up in washington dc or colorado then i only really have it in these locations you'll have some but now you have a, a lot of homework to show where is your audience how much have you reached how consistent are they do they really know your brand and this makes it yeah. a ton of homework so you do have you can expand your reach or if you're an e-commerce platform something that you can Not recommended. It's a lot more difficult and time, money and effort than it's worth in the long run. But you could.
0: Well, like, let's just say, for example, uh, I'm a podcaster. I host a show, The After Mm. Hours Entrepreneur. Someone can't come along and just start their own show, The After Hours Entrepreneur. I mean, they'd have a hard time because I've already got all the digital assets, but they can't just Mm. come through and start their own show. Right. That would be some sort of infringement, I would think.
1: Likely. Yeah. Likelihood is yes. If you were to start at first and you were to do it now, the problem, but let's say you were very small and you really only had 10 followers, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody said, Oh, I love one of your 10 followers said, Oh, I love the name. It's really great. I love the message. I'm going to register it for, you know, go register the trademark. Then you're going to have a hard time really boxing them out much because you're not big enough so if you're huge and you're nationwide and everybody knew you you would probably have a a better foot to stand on i still wouldn't recommend it but you have a better foot if you're small and somebody else comes along registers at first you've got the cards stacked against you and it's going to make it difficult where i'll give the opposite example he asked a little bit about pitfalls is let's give the opposite let's say now you do have your podcast it's the world's best podcast everybody listens to it you got billions of followers you got everybody in china listening to your podcast so congratulations <laughs> but let's say you are the you didn't do your homework beforehand and you came along and you came up with the name and we'll change the name after we'll say the before hours entrepreneur you know so you well, that way it's it's a little bit different but you did that you start you built your reputation only to find out that somebody else had tra- registered that trademark before you now you've got a problem cuz if mm-hmm. they even if they have let's say they only have 15 followers they have a very small followers but once you register the trademark you get the presumption of use across the whole United States so they 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 can kind of say you have to stop We can, you know, we have the trademark here, you're infringing our rights, and now you have to go and rebrand and you've got your billions of followers, and it's a much bigger deal to have to go rebrand, let everybody know you're changing the name or you get into lawsuits or any number of things. And so that's generally where it comes out as you don't do your homework, you don't you somebody else had the rights to it you didn't know about it and now you get years down the road you have a big following you have a revenue you have income and you're having to figure out do we go and buy yeah. the other person and now they have all the leverage do they go license it do we go what do we do and it, it makes it a lot more difficult
0: yeah so basically if you're really going all in and you're starting to see some traction probably a good idea to employ someone like Devin Miller, and you can do that at freestrategymeeting.com. And you'll do that background research, say, hey, this trademark looks good. You might even not necessarily trademark it at the time, right? You might say, okay, it's free and clear, Mm. go forward. Because that's one of the challenges of after hours entrepreneurship. We're we're bootstrapping Mm. us, right? We don't have tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to back up our, you know, we have to use our our funds very, very wisely. Um, Mm. But yeah, I mean, I I think, better, better safe than sorry. On, on a lot of different things. I want to talk a little bit about copyright too, because this is something that comes up a lot. And there's a lot of ambiguity, I think, especially for creators in the creative market, like, sure. What images am I allowed to use in my videos? What sounds am I allowed to use? I had a, I'll give you a perfect example. I have a friend of mine who runs a website and he used an image. I think one of his assistants used an image of Sandra Bullock and then, uh, uh, some news channel or news station came after him, said, hey, you got to pay us $500 for damages because we didn't prove you to use that image. How can we avoid that type of problem?
1: Yeah, so just go do whatever you want. I'm sure we'll all be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't do that. Um, You know, images are they're they're hard in the sense that people you know internet makes it so easy you can right click you can download you can save and you say no it's not a big deal i'll just you know that's a really good image i just want to use it and so it's so easy to get images off online and yet it's also very easy to infringe somebody's copyright so images generally when you dive into them you're saying If you copy, there isn't. If you copy someone's image, if you copy someone's music, you're you're infringing their copyrights. They have every right to sue you. Now you're saying, but if I'm, a, you know, once an after hours entrepreneur, I'm doing it on the side hustle. I don't have the money to go and buy every image out there, right? They can get expensive. Yeah. So you got a couple, you know, a few options. One is. That you can go, you know, there's some fairly inexpensive sites you can get a subscription or they even have free ones. You know, I use Splash. I know there's another Pexels out there. Um, Adobe has a subscription base. And those are really honestly cheap. So if you're going to build anything, if you're going to do your own little blog and you have your all of your friends and family and they're the only ones that look at it probably have a low likelihood of somebody finding you and actually coming after you because they're saying you're not worth the time, money, and effort. On the other hand, if you have a blog that blows up and now you're the next you know, mommy blogger that has a million followers and everybody starts to go through and read all of your past things, that's where you can get into trouble. Of Now you have images that you said, oh, it's not a big deal. Nobody's ever going to read these. Mm-hmm. And you have all these images that if you do get some traction, one, I'll give you a couple or I'll give you a demystify a couple myths out there that people oftentimes kind of think are true that aren't that would also maybe be interesting. So one of the ones I always see on the internet is if you only get and it varies 10 seconds or five seconds of audio <laughs> or a video it is perfectly fine you're, you're not infringing and don't do that it's an absolute myth you can get if you take Two seconds of a song, you can still be infringing their copyright. If it's the hook, if it's something, you know, that's what everybody remembers from that song, you can infringe the copyright, you know. So don't do that. And the other one that you always will hit on, and people think, well, you know what I'll do? I'll just, you know, this is a if it's more on the pictures or the you know, something that's more tangible, is I'll put it in an envelope and I'll mail it to myself. And there's so many variations of that of I'll just mail it to myself and then I can show the date that I created it. There's a Tiny, tiny, it's better than nothing, so I guess a kernel of truth, but it's so mystified and it just doesn't work, so those are a couple things when you're looking at images or when you create the book, when you wrote the blog post or anything else. Don't just go st- or grab a s- small snippet and think you're okay. And the other thing is don't try and mail it to yourself if it's more tangible. Yeah, it's not probably going to hold up in court, so to speak. What about like a logo, for example? That's one of the things
0: that I see a lot of creators like Gary Vee, for example. He's got the Instagram logo on his banner. He's got the Facebook logo on his banner. Are those public domain using logos of companies in your products
1: and in- I'd, I'll give you the general answer, because I'd have to look them up each specifically, because they, yeah. they, they can vary. They technically own them, meaning if they wanted to, they could go out and enforce them. If I started the next Instagram, made my own company and had my own logo, I can go trademark that or copyright of it, but it's probably on a trademark. And I can tell if people don't pay me, they can't use it. Now the problem is is you want the, the they have an incentive to let people use it yeah. in the sense that they want everybody to click on that Facebook. They want everybody to come to their community. So generally they'll set it up that you can, you know, have a user's license that they'll be, even if they don't have a user's license, they're not going to enforce it because their incentive is to not allow people, you know, to spread their network as far as they can to get that as many users and subscribers where they do see it. And this is where you almost see sometimes like the takedown or, you know, people that are posting malicious things or bad things, then they will start to come in and enforce it. So they usually are pretty lenient as long as you're not using it in a, in a harmful way or a bad way. But they also typically reserve the right that hey, if you're doing yeah. something that we don't want you to do, then we can come and tell you to take it down.
0: Very, very, very interesting. So there's a little bit of a gray area there. But as long as okay, that's that's super, super interesting. Wow, Devin, thank you. You're just dropping tons of knowledge bombs to help all the creative after hours entrepreneurs take their business to the next level. Uh, you can get more free strategies at freestrategymeeting.com. Devin's going to help you out. So listen, Devin, before I let you go here, before we end Hmm. this episode of the After Hours Entrepreneur, I got to know some rapid fire answers to some world famous rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Are you buckled up?
1: I buckled in, strapped in and ready to go. Let's go. Devin, what is a must have business item for less than 50 bucks? Oh, less than 50 bucks. I'm going to go with the podcast equipment. So you could buy a microphone to, and a, uh, a camera for less than 50 bucks and let's do that. So I I think I, I changed my answer, but I was thinking about it. And I think that that's probably a great or small item that you can afford.
0: Absolutely love that. And I could not agree more. Devin, what is
1: a must have subscription in your life? Must, well, everybody's going to say Netflix, but if I were to say something outside of Netflix, you know, I really like, um, Amazon prime. I'm going to go honestly with Amazon. I use, use it so much that that's a subscription that I have to have. on the business side. If I were to go, that it's a more expensive one. I'm an absolute advocate of um, HubSpot. We use a CRM all the time. So if you're on the business side, that's an awesome subscription. If you just want a great subscription, I'll go to amazon.com. Dig it.
0: Uh, if you had 10
1: seconds with yourself 10 years ago, what would you say? Um, keep with it. Don't give up. And I know it sounds cliche, but those are really the thing working with so many startups and small businesses. It's really just that tell yourself there's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be hard. It's going to be easy. You're going to have the good days and bad days. Keep with it because it's worth it. Love it.
0: If you could only have one app on your phone, what app would you have?
1: Oh, I'm going to, is it email app count? Cause that's what I do all my stuff with. So if I had to only go with it, I'd probably go with email just because that's how I run so much of my business. If it was a fun app, I'm going to go with Mario Kart. I love that playing that as a, as a game. So if I only could do one entertainment app, I'll go with Mario Kart. If I could only do one business app, it'd be my email app. Love it.
0: Another very, very difficult question. If you woke up in the morning, there was only one business task you could do for the day, what would you do?
1: Oh. Uh, tell, tell all my employees to work or tell all my employees to work hard. I don't know (laughs) if I can only do one task. It'd probably be tell everybody I'm not going to be into the office today. I'm going to go take a break and make sure to get your jobs done.
0: Delegate. Love it. And final question here for you, Devin, if you had a billboard message that could reach millions of people,
1: what would you put on your billboard? Oh, what would I put on my billboard? Um, I'd go with something funny, so my I'll I'll go with I'll, I'd still Dilbert air cartoon just because it'd, it'd just be fun, and that would be. My favorite Dilbert cartoon is he had Dilbert like rocks into Dogbert and tells everybody that all of the things, you know, he has the world's best invention and Dogbert gets on the internet, takes five seconds, Googles it, shows it, hey, this has already been created. And then the tagline is Google killing ideas since 1995. (laughs) So that would be my Dilbert. And then I'd put Miller IP law at the bottom of it so that people would come and learn how to protect their ideas.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Devin Miller said it. I agree with it. Devin, thank you so much.
1: Awesome. It was fun to be on fun to share.
0: Well, I hope you learned as much as I did from this episode. It's, you know, this is one of the reasons why I think that everybody should have a video podcast. The having the ability to meet with experts and pick their brains and get valid advice is invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable. Get the value for in value. Listen, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. It's been a long day, but Listen. Start a video podcast, start connecting, start networking, keep learning. You are on the right track. And listen, if there's anything that I can do to help you, hit me up, Mark at That's Mark at MarkSavantMedia.com. I'd love to be part of your journey and help you in any way that I can. How can I be of service? How can I be of service? Let me know. Anyway, thanks for listening. This is Mark Savant signing off. This is the After Hours Entrepreneur, and you are rocking with the best. I'll catch you here next time. Peace.